The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his mouth and a red flag. Being with us this morning, Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I am Jason Swain. Ben, you a little chilly over there, huh? You, you, you okay? Good morning, no. sir. I, I, I am not okay. Good morning to you, but I, I am not okay. My Memphis Grizzlies can't win a basketball to save their basketball game to save their life. I might have to watch Mitchell Trubisky play football tonight. It's cold as all get out. I mean, it's it's 23 degrees according to my car this morning. It, it it took a little extra time to to allow my window to to defrost. I mean, it, it's so cold. My my wind my car doesn't even want to defrost the front window. So it, it, it's too cold for me. You know, I don't like being cold. It, it, anything under really 60, I I hate. I, I just despise being cold. So um, trying trying to not be soft and and terrible and, and tough it out this morning. Oh, Ben. Oh, Ben. They make jackets, man. Uh, you saw the big oh, puffy coat I had on when I walked back in? Yeah, I didn't I know if you was cold, if you was trying to dress like Eminem for, for Halloween, man. You, you Have straight. you stepped outside this morning? Yeah, I took my kids to school this morning. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, then you should know how cold it is outside. It, 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 it was an appropriate jacket to wear this morning. It's a little chilly. It's not a little chilly. Just because you, you're you, you have a warm body and, and and you don't get cold doesn't mean that it's a little chilly. It is cold as you know what outside. Quit lying to me. So quit trying to make me look soft. It's, hey man, you can't be a Steelers fan and be complaining about how cold it is. Right? Yes, I can because I lived in the South nearly all my life. I, I've I've lived in the North for four out of my twenty eight years on this earth. So yes, I, I I can complain. You gotta you gotta embody what the Steelers all about, Ben. No, I, I don't want to embody Toughness. what they're about right now. Toughness, Ben. But we tough I'd like, like the Steelers. To, I'd like for them to start playing like they are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, maybe this is maybe this is opportunity. Uh, this next well, I don't I don't I don't know how we're gonna be able to beat Will Levis. Uh, the the football Jesus that that now reigns over there in in the mid state, uh, Tennessee Titans fan favorite Will Levis, who has just become the 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 gift of the football, God's gift of football. Will Will Levis 
arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, according to social media now after Sunday. I, I just I don't even know why the Steelers are showing up to play. I mean, they, they don't even have a chance to slow down Will Levis. Dude, it's, it's funny how much the narratives change when you win. It changes. Will Levis and, won one game, man, and it, it has changed. I'm happy for Will Levis because, honestly, I want Will Levis to, to do well. Um, But, man, it, it changes big time when you win. Winning cures all. And right now, man, Tennessee is sitting in a good spot. Um, went through a difficult stretch the last couple of games. An SEC play. South Carolina, not good. Texas A&M, not a team that they should be when you look at their talent, but a team full of really good players. Going on the road, playing Alabama, and then going on the road, playing a desperate Kentucky team. Tennessee was able to come out of that stretch, only losing one game. Now you have UConn, and after UConn, you got another tough stretch, Ben, going on the road to Missouri. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be warmer in Missouri when the Vols play there than it will be right now in Knoxville. Uh, so that will be uh, an opportunity for, for Tennessee to get a, a big-time win versus a, a really good opponent this year. And then the game that everyone circled on the calendar to start the, start the season is a game at home versus the Georgia Bulldog. So, uh, how do you feel about some of the changes that we have seen uh, with this team? We have elevated play by certain players at, at certain positions. Um, one thing we saw that was different in the Kentucky game was Dante Thornton playing on the outside. I'm wondering why I didn't play there a little earlier, but maybe health has something to do with it. The moment Brew McCoy was was out for the season, I thought that would be um, the move we made immediately. But like Josh Heupel alluded to, Thornton battling, uh, being nicked up all year long. But he's obviously more comfortable out there. Um, how do you feel about some of the improved play, some of the changes, um, maybe on offense or defense? Yeah, first I will say I, I was impressed with Will Levis on Sunday, and uh, he, he looks to in, inspire some hope and confidence for Titans fans, which I, I know they've been searching for here of late, but also got to get these jokes off as as well. So be a fun Thursday night football matchup tonight. But with, with Tennessee, it, it's always a mixed bag, right? Like there's always going to be something that you can not feel great about with the football team that, that you keep up with. And starting with the positives, though, I I do think it feels like the passing game has really taken a step forward the last couple of weeks, as as you have discussed, really since the the Alabama game. Um, you know, I, I don't expect Chaz Nimrod to just go Cedric Tillman this this last month of the season, but uh, he he seems to have developed into a really reliable target that Joe Milton can depend on this last month of the season and Chaz isn't the, the go-to guy, right? Like he, he doesn't have to be the, the number one target, but he seems like right now for a redshirt freshman, he seems like a nice complimentary piece 
to Squirrel White and hopefully Ramel Keaton if if Ramel Keaton can can have a strong month to end a, a roller coaster of a season for him. Uh, it looks like Dante Thornton has found a groove out on the perimeter. Uh, now it was one game, three catches. Got to have to do it consistently, prove that he can do it consistently. Uh, but it, it does, generally speaking, feel like the passing game has taken a step forward, um, which Tennessee is obviously going to need against Missouri and Georgia because the the formula to beat A&M is not – not the formula to beat Missouri or beating Georgia. I, I don't feel like you're going to be able to to shut down those offenses like you were able to against AM. I, I think you're going to have to sniff 30 points. You're, you're going to have to be somewhere in that ballpark to give yourself a, a chance to win. 15 to 20 offensive points is is not going to cut it. Uh, so I, I think it's a great sign that that passing game is is starting to to step up and, and complement the, the running game, and, and I think it comes at, at a perfect time with Missouri and Georgia coming up because those are two dynamic offenses that, that can really put points up on the board uh, in bunches at times this season. Uh, Missouri has a ton of skill position players that is going to give Tennessee issues. Uh, Georgia has a ton of skill position players that is going to give Tennessee issues even if Brock Bowers does not play. Um, Brady Cook at Missouri has been playing – good football at the quarterback position. Uh, Cody Schrader's been one of the SEC's best running backs. And, you know, Georgia doesn't have that Todd Gurley or Nick Chubb or Sonny Michelle this year, but you you know that they're always going to have a, a nice, sturdy, reliable running back at minimum. And, and I think Carson Beck can sling it uh, a little better than people give him credit for. So uh, the offense is going to have to be able to put up some points in these football games, especially when, when you look at what the secondary – may be this final month of the season without Kamal Haddon. Uh, they, they need a Danico Slaughter to regain form. Uh, they need a Warren Burrell. I mentioned this Tuesday. I think you need your veteran corners to to step up and, and produce more than they have been. And, and I'm mainly speaking about Brandon Turnage and Warren Burrell when I say that because we all know that Danico Slaughter has been slowed by the toe injury this year. Uh, you, you made a great point on Tuesday about being worried about that toe on turf because playing on turf is difficult. When, when you're dealing with those type of injuries. I think Gabe Judy Lally has had a really solid season, but they're going to need more than just those two guys to play play good defense, good enough defense to beat Missouri and Georgia. And, and I think if 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 the secondary is going to be able to replace Kamal Haddon, it starts with Warren Burrell and Brandon Turnage stepping up and, and providing more depth than they have to the, to this point in the season. I think for for Tennessee to be able to win versus Missouri and Georgia, you're you're going to have to have more from your corners. Not to say that you haven't played better than last year, or you haven't played well. The Kentucky game was, was probably the, the the toughest game. Uh, and that happens sometimes. But I think when you play Missouri and you play Georgia, allowing them to catch the ball continuously in front of you, whether it is out routes or comeback routes or dig routes, and say, you know what, we're just going to make the tackle or let them catch the ball and 
not really get a hand on the ball and then get to the red zone and kind of bow our neck and hope for a field goal, I think we're going to have to take another step. That's one thing that Kamal Haddon was was really good at is those PBUs, getting his hands actually on the ball. That will help out the defensive line. That will help out the pass rush. We can't simply rely on the pass rush the entire time because what happens if holding is not called? What, uh, what happens if the offensive line, the opposing offensive line, has their best game of, of their season? I mean, Devin Lear had his best game of the season, so what happens when a unit have has their best game of the season? Well, we got to be able to stick on receivers a little bit better. We got to be able to close the gap, close the distance, be in a position to either get our hands on the ball or then pick that thing off, period. Uh, I think we're going to have to make some more of those plays moving forward. Um, letting dudes catch in front of us. I'm not saying like letting, like you ain't trying to, to defend them. And I understand like you'd rather give up a 15 yarder than, you know, a, a 35 yarder or 40 yarder because honestly, the speed on the outside is, is something that we're continuing to recruit uh, and, and, and develop. It's not where it needs to be. So you're going to see more zone coverage. You're going to see more, you know, passive play uh, on, on the, on the outside. But I'm just telling you what I think needs to happen for Tennessee to, to win both games, maybe able to win one game doing what we're doing. But I think winning both of those games, man, you got to have more aggressive play, I think, on the outside. And if if you win both games, you are in the pole position, in the driver's seat to make it to Atlanta. Now, I guess I, sh- I, I got a little ahead of myself there. I got too excited there for a second. You, you do need Missouri to beat Georgia this weekend um, because – if if you are going to make it to Atlanta, you obviously have to sweep Missouri and Georgia, and you need Georgia to lose to somebody else so that they also have two losses, and so you own the tiebreaker. So, um, if if Missouri can can pull off the upset this weekend uh, against Georgia in what is a fascinating matchup to me, then Tennessee is going to control its own destiny. If Missouri beats Georgia this weekend then Tennessee controls its own destiny by if you beat Missouri and you beat Georgia, you are going to Atlanta to play in the SEC uh, championship game. And and that is, that is quite something to play for. And uh, Swain, you say it all the time. And uh, Bob Kessling said it on Vol Calls last night when Josh Heupel arrived. You're remembered for what you do in November. And this season has been very frustrating at times, but – Man, could could they rewrite the the story about this season if if they could win these two football games coming up? Uh, I want to ask you this, Wayne, and maybe we need to hit a break, and and you can come back and answer it on the other side. How concerned are you with Tennessee's linebackers not named Aaron Beasley? I I feel like there's time where uh, Elijah Herring's youthfulness has bitten him in the butt, and uh, you know, Arian Carter, I don't I don't know that he's quite had the impact that many thought that he would as a freshman. And I don't say that to mean that he's not going to be a good football player. He, he just looks like a freshman out there. Uh, and I also think he's banged up now. So I, I don't know how much he's going to contribute. 
this season in terms of what the expectations were for him prior to the season. Uh, Jeremiah Tlander, he's been impressive, but he's still a freshman. How worried are you, uh, Caleb Perry, redshirt freshman, maybe a sophomore. I think he's actually a sophomore, but still inexperienced. A ton of inexperienced inside linebackers next to Aaron Beasley until Keenan Peely comes back, if Keenan Peely does come back. How concerned are you about Missouri and Georgia picking on those inexperienced backers coming up? Because I do feel like some recent teams on the schedule uh, picked on them uh, and had success doing it. Oh, good question, man. Good question. Uh, we'll take a uh, brief timeout, 865-255-03. We will answer that question, or I'll answer that question, and then we'll hit the Betty Chevrolet text box, BettyChevrolet.com. It's Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. Stay with us. We will be right back. Swain Event, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. You're listening to The Swain Event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Hey, Knoxville. We all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready... Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app.
20 Vet Fuel by Dan Barbecue. Thank you for being with us this morning. It is Thursday, November the 2nd. Tennessee UConn this weekend. Tennessee basketball has officially started. I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting on this, man. You got you a, a Dalton Connect jersey yet? No. Mm-mm. Why not? Mm-mm. No, I, I, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm really proud to see Dalton Connect have success. You know, us, us white boys can't jump like he jumped at Michigan State on Sunday. He's six so. six, Ben. He's supposed to be dunking like that. Okay, hey, sorry. Let me be quiet. How, how Uroch was seven foot two. How often did he dunk? Not enough. Or jump for a rebound. Or 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 block a shot. Not Don't enough. Connect. We, we we look. He he is great for for the culture of of he us is. white basketball players. He is. So I'm happy for uh, you. I, I'm a big fan of Don't Connect. I'm happy for you. This is a big moment for you. I'm happy. It is. <laughs> but but this basketball team, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And don't give me this. Uh, it's hard to be excited about the basketball team until they do this in the tournament. That's the dumbest thing ever. It's like not being excited for football season until Tennessee football does it in the SEC championship game. Yeah, like like I couldn't fan like that, man. That that sounds miserable. So, man, uh, be invested, like like you're supposed to be as a fan. You you supposed to have those emotional highs and lows when your team win and lose. You just can't go off the rails with your emotions. That's the thing. Yeah, so, it's, like, it's fair. It's fair to want more. There, there's no doubt about that. It is absolutely fair to to want more in the NCAA tournament. But you you can also appreciate, on the other hand, at the same time, w- what this program has built and, and has done and, and will do in in the regular season. You can still enjoy that while also keeping an eye towards the NCAA tournament. And, and Swain, I, I do think quickly before we get back to football, I I do think for the vast majority of fans they they do absolutely appreciate rick barnes and, and the program that he has built uh, I, I think it's a a loud minority now it is a larger group than it probably should be but still a, a loud minority on on social media and, and message boards but the fact that tennessee sold out its season tickets they announced that yesterday and in, in, inside of the tommy bowl I think that does tell you a lot. And they were fifth in national attendance last year. So uh, f- although there is that loud minority, um, it, it, I, I do think most fans do appreciate Rick Barnes and, and what he has been able to build. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Love it. Imagine if we were like, you know what? I'm, Tennessee is. 4-0, 5-0 to start 2022. I'm going to wait to see what what Tennessee is going to do in our bowl game before I get excited. You sitting there like this at Alabama, at the Alabama win. (laughs) Beat Alabama for the first time in what? What was it, 15 years? Since 2006. And and, and, and sitting inside an Elon Stadium with all that (laughs) smoke around you with your arms crossed, legs crossed. I'm not Lip poked out. I'm not bringing a cigar because I'm not going to let myself get excited until bowl selection. 
<laughs> like, that's crazy to me. All right, so what was your question before the break for those who are just joining us and tuning in, a.k.a. being late? You're late. Like, I'm sure C-Mac turned it, tuned in, in late if, if C-Mac is even awake right now. But how concerned are you with Tennessee's young inside linebackers being picked on against Missouri and Georgia? Less concerned than early in the year. See, our disappointments are directly linked to our expectations. When Keenan Peely went out, I knew that Tennessee was going to have to play some younger players. And I knew last year that we had some issues at linebacker. I knew when Hypo took over that linebacker was an issue. You lost multiple players there, multiple five-star players there. And we had some issues with leadership there at the linebacker position last year. We were, have to, we were going to have to go to the portal. We were going to have to nail down and get an Arian Carter, which was very exciting because uh, he's an extreme talent. But at the same time, when you get a guy that's really talented, the other side of the coin is he's going to be a freshman. And with that comes the learning curve. And that's part of it. And that's okay. As long as people around him are playing at a high level um, and you're able to win even with some of those growing pains. That's just kind of part of it. Because guess what? Nico's going to have growing pains too next year when he is a starter for the first time. That's just That just happens. When a, when a young player plays, most of the time, not everyone's going to come in and be perfect like Eric Berry. Florida picked on Elijah Heron. They did. They picked on our young linebackers. They picked on our linebackers, period. And unfortunately, because our offense wasn't good, unfortunately, because our pass rush was it where it needed to be? It highlighted how our young backers were picked on, our safeties were picked on, and they were able to win. So, like, if our offense went out there and was balling out and was creating a pass rush, this is not even a conversation. But everybody got exposed that day. Everybody. It just wasn't our young linebackers. And they have improved, Ben, since... Florida, and uh, I expect them to play well and play smarter than they did early in the season, but I also expect Missouri and Georgia to attack them. I expect Missouri and and Georgia to attack our secondary and find ways to create time for their quarterback in the pocket. That's what I expect. It's Tim Banks' responsibility and his staff to – continue to cover up the defense's weakness and continue to play to the strength of your defense, which is your your front four, your front seven, stopping the run um, and letting your pass rush basically be the catalyst for the entire team. So I'm not concerned, Ben, because I kind of know where we've been how much we've improved. I've had this expectation with the linebackers and young players 
And so, yeah, I'm I'm good. I just think it puts more pressure on our defensive front, like it has all year long. Man, speaking of that, I got I don't know if I highlighted this on the sh- on this show or not. I don't think I did. So Kentucky's second possession. This is when we stopped them on fourth down. On third down and fourth down, you know Tyler Barry like single handedly wrecked that drive. Yeah, <laughs> like like. It's third down and short. Tyler Barron, uh-uh. It's fourth down and sh- short. Tyler Barron, uh-uh. Like, both plays, man, he single-handedly wrecked. That's the Tyler Barron that if we continue to get, and James Pierce and this defensive front, like Amari Thomas, all these guys are doing their thing. Like, Amari had a, had a tip pass on the first couple of possessions. Like, okay, I, I see a basketball background, Amari Thomas. Kenny Chandler will be proud of you, Mark Thomas. I see you with the ups. Yeah. With the with the tip pass there the first drive when they tried to do the screen to Barry on Brown. I see you, Amari Thomas. Who knew you had ups like that? I know you knew. You knew. But we we did know. If we get that play, Ben, from his defensive line, like Tennessee got a chance to, to do some damage uh move, moving forward. This games like this are so weird, man, because you just went back to back to back to playing out these tough SEC teams, and now you're playing you're playing UConn. They're not good. Yeah, UConn's football team, not not UConn's basketball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, talk, we're talking football here. Basketball team is elite, elite. But Josh Hopper, you you know what to do, right? You you know what to do. This is no different than when Rick Barnes took his basketball team to South Carolina last year and said, "We got your back. We got your back, Hypel. We got we got your back, Josh. We we was hurting. We was hurting too after our football team." Went down to Columbia and lost last year. We we was hurting. We, we we got your back. And the basketball team beat Carolina by damn near 50 points. Damn near 50 points, Ben. You remember that? Oh, yeah. We shot like 102% from the field <laughs> that, that day. Like, we was, we was balling. We shot 52% from three. We won 81 to 57. It was rough. I feel like Rick Barnes and company was trying to get payback. <laughs> I'm saying all that to say this. Josh Heupel, you, you do understand the assignment playing UConn in football. All those tough moments playing those Lady Huskies. We got to handle business on the football field. And I'm sorry. Jim Moore Jr. I'm sorry, UConn football players, because one of my good buddies used to be on that staff um, last year, and I was you know, rooting rooting for UConn, and, but he ain't there anymore. Uh, I, I just feel like that the, the UConn needs to pay for the sins of, of, of Gino and what he has said, what he has done. We got to handle business, number one. Number two reason why we got to handle business is 
I'm going to be honest. I would like to see Nico play some football. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? I just, I just, I just want to see the number one player in the country play a little football. I, this offense is, is so potent, has been so potent in the last couple of years. This year is potent in different ways than previous years. But is it too much to ask to to be able to see Nico throw a touchdown pass? I just want to see one. Hey, he'll have to. I don't, I'm not calling for him to start. I'm not doing all that silly stuff. I'm not calling for him to replace people. Like I'm not doing all that. But I just, I just want to see Nico throw a touchdown pass. That that is not too much to ask. But you got to have a level of focus. And then this point of the season, Ben, is so much different from the beginning. Well, duh, it's cold outside. That's not what I'm talking about. You're supposed to, you're supposed to learn lessons from early in the season. Whether you win or lose, you're supposed to learn lessons and not make same mistakes. You can play down a competition early in the season. You can't play down a competition at this point of the season because you're supposed to be on. It's November. You can't be on versus Kentucky, take a jump offensively in the passing game. You can't be on versus Texas A&M running the football affecting the opposing quarterback with your pass rush. On in the first half versus Alabama. And then say, you know what? We're playing UConn. I'm going to turn it off. But I'm going to turn it back on next week. It don't work that way. You can't turn it off and on. It's on. You only turn it off when the season's over. So it's important this game that we play to our level of expectation. And if we do, then we're going we gonna, we gonna to see some quarterbacks in there besides Joe. Hopefully, Nico for more than just a, a drive or two. 1,000%. And I, I think you, you need to get Nico some valuable game reps, not, not just end of fourth quarter, run out the clock, hand it off behind walk-on offensive lineman type of reps. I mean, he he's going to be your your starting quarterback next season, no doubt about that. You, you need to get him some valuable in game reps, and and not that because you get him reps against UConn, he's going to go on to to just be tremendous next season. Uh, just playing well against UConn doesn't guarantee anything for next season, but uh, it it just it ex- expedites the process to me in terms of. Uh, that that first game or two next year, just just getting those, I guess jitters out of the way when when you're le- legitimately playing for the first time, which he has not done at all this year. He has been in a game, but he has not actually played football this year. In in my opinion, uh, I'd, I'd like to not only see him get in the game, but cut it loose with him in there. But l- let him do some things, and 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 also. Let let them play with the first team offense too. Don't 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 let them play with just the the third team offense. And uh, I think it would benefit Joe a, as well. Now you you don't want to risk messing up the flow that the passing game has appeared to to get in the the last two football games. 
Um, but I, I also think while it would benefit getting Nico some some game reps for next season, I also think that it would benefit Joe and his body to to allow him to get a get a little more rest this week with how he's been running the football lately and how I think you're going to have to depend on his legs against Missouri and Georgia. I I think it would be good for, for Joe as well to get him a, a little off his feet in terms of in-game action. So uh, it, it's not just him. You know, we had a long conversation uh, on Tuesday about offensive line development and uh, the, the, the freshman offensive linemen, redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomores, the, the last couple of recruiting classes up front along the offensive line, let those guys get in there as well. Let Addison Nichols get some first-team reps. Uh, Glenn Ellerby at the Knoxville Quarterback Club on Monday, he was asked about the the young offensive linemen. Uh, he talked about how he, he likes what he's seeing at, from Brian Grant right now. Uh, let him get a series assuming that you have a somewhat comfortable lead, allow him to get in there for, for a series at, at tackle. Uh, allow Masai Reddick, a, a Mo Clipper, uh, allow one of those guys to, to get in for a series or two with the first team and, and just see what you've got from, from those guys. I, I think it's important to, to start allowing those guys to build up reps because at, at some time or another, you, you're going to have to rely on them, especially a guy like Addison Nichols. I, I think he's somebody that, that's probably going to have to play next year especially if you lose some guys in the trenches that that do have an extra year but decide not to take advantage of it. So I, I think that this game is important from that reason. Uh, obviously, the, the first team offense and defense needs to handle business coming out of the gates to allow that to happen. Um, but I, I think it'll be a, a nice football game on Saturday for Tennessee homecoming. Uh, I, I think anybody who pays attention to, to Lady Vols basketball grew up appreciating Lady Vols basketball and, and still does. I, I think that even though it's not on the basketball court and it's not the Lady Vols versus the Lady Huskies, I think they'd like to beat the brakes off of UConn the because brakes. of Gino, as as you alluded to. So it would be a nice little payback. And uh, I loved last season when they wore the Summit Blue accessories. I thought it was a really, really nice touch to the uniform for a game. They're going to do that again this weekend, and, and I think it'll be really cool to see the Summit Blue accessories against UConn. I think that'll be a, a really, really nice touch to this football game. Yeah, you said some things I I, I, I got to address. I'm stunned. I got to address you, Ben McKee. I'm stunned that you disagree with me. I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying, but I got to address some things if I can remember them after we come back from break. I got to write them down. <laughs> you better write them down. Write them down as, as soon as you hit play on the commercials. <laughs> 865-255-03. Sweet event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Be right back. You're listening to The Swain Event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. 
What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- Two five seven seven eight nine seven, or email me at Jennifer Morris eight six five at gmail dot com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes. Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. It is a good day to have a good day. Here on the Swain event, November the 2nd. Leaves are changing colors. It is cuddle season. Seems like Ben got a head start on everybody this year. Anyways, 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Um... Ben, you said something, sir. What's that? You said something. Stood out. Let me let me, let me say this though before I go there. Um, I kind of cringe when you said when you mentioned like you know Nico playing quarterback behind some of the backup offensive linemen, and and. I, I, I need to explain myself why I cringe because I mean it's just a natural reaction. I can't help it. I do remember early in the season when, when Nico was getting was getting hit, and um, our guys, I'm sure, has have improved since then. Um, they've been practicing, even though they haven't been playing in a game. Uh, I'm sure they have gotten better. But I need to say this. Backup offensive lineman, don't you dare get Nico hurt. You 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 better not get Nico hurt. You better protect him at all costs on Saturday if if y'all out there. You said you want to see Nico play with the first team, which I think is a phenomenal idea. Except John Kemmer got hurt versus Kentucky. We you know we, we Jeremy Menzies is banged up you got all these guys banged up and so yeah you want to protect joe but you're gonna take joe out before before you take everybody else out on the offense and you know like how's that going how's that gonna work out again i agree with you being i want to see nico with protection and so maybe the best way to do that is to put him with the first team but if joe deserves a break john campbell deserves a break too because because he got actually banged up in that game and, and had to 
uh, missed some offensive plays. So just something to think about. I'm not saying I disagree with you 100% uh, on that. You did mention the next year we're going to have to play Addison Nichols. And uh, Addison Nichols was supposed to be playing this year. And uh, he's not ready. It's all right. Tennessee ain't going to play him because they have to. They will get up in that portal, bin, And if he ain't ready, he ain't going to play. And I know that's what, you know, you, you meant because you, you're looking at guys who are currently here, not guys who are not here already. Uh, and when you kind of look around, well, maybe some of the players you, you may lose. Um, Adam Nichols is, is going to be one of the last dudes standing, so you have to play him. But you can't play guys who are not ready. And it's Adam Nichols' responsibility to get ready. And here's a guy that you know was awesome during his recruitment. Um, I think he represents Tennessee in a fine way. There's obviously some roots with him and his family. And, you know, I've had the pleasure to talk to him and you know, root for him. But he'll need to be out there playing if he ain't ready because he's going to get somebody hurt and get himself hurt. So um, it's fascinating to think about mixing in ones and twos, specifically Nico with a first-team offensive line. Uh, I I think that would be neat. I'll tell you who won't have the luxury of getting a lot of substitutions in, and that's the receivers because the substitution's already in <laughs> right now. So uh, who who's actually going to go in when you know some of those guys are looking to get a get a rest for the second team uh, offenses in? But this is one of those games, Ben, in, in November that. You just got to make sure if you're Josh Heupel, this team does not take a dip from uh, a focus and execution standpoint and don't play down to competition because it's hard to play down to competition in November one week and then just get yourself up and ready to, to go play at a high level the next week. It is not the easiest. Not saying it can't be done. Just saying it's not the easiest. It's a whole lot easier and a whole lot better if you just – maintain the level that you're, that you're currently at right now. Oh, I'll continue to ascend and get better. But Cam Selton is someone I can't wait to see. Uh, he jawed past me after his kickoff coverage team, and I was like, he looks like a different freshman. He doesn't look like a normal freshman at all playing running back. So I can't wait to see uh, him out there. Uh, there's some other guys I'm looking forward to see get some opportunities. Uh, we Listen, oh, yeah. Okay, we got to mention this because Raleigh Vall brought this up on the text box, and I won't um, say who said this on Twitter, but t- Tennessee is not wearing any blue uniforms, okay? So if you've seen that on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, X, Facebook, um, uh, I don't know all the other platforms out there, Tennessee ain't wearing blue uniforms, Okay. Ben said it earlier. I'll reiterate, they're wearing blue accessories. Last year, we wore blue accessories. I want to say we had uh, orange britches and orange jerseys, and yep. then we had the blue accessories. I don't know if we're going to that this week. Uh, I hope not, but hey, go for it. You like the orange britches? The all-orange look? I like the all-orange look. I mean, I can tell. It's not my I favorite. Honestly, it ain't my favorite. I like I like the all orange look better than I like the 
the orange and white. And I, I wish they'd wear orange pants on the road more often than they do. I like the orange pants on the road. I do. I, I like the look. Yeah. I like the contrast. Uh, but the orange, orange with the white helmet. Right. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not the best combination. Fair enough. I, I, I can get why some people uh do not like it. I, I did want to pass along a couple of things. First, you if you're looking for real estate in the Knoxville area, as always, be sure to reach out uh to Jennifer Morris, who has a ton of great things going on over at Keller Williams Realty. She can help you here in East Tennessee, and, and now she's able to also uh, help you nationwide as well. And and she can help you accomplish whatever you would like to accomplish in real estate needs. She also had a message that she wanted me to pass along. Uh, she wanted me to say good morning to the Twin Event crew. Stay warm and make no mistake, Saturday is war against Gino. <laughs> so make no mistake about it. Tennessee is out for blood uh, against Geno. But also wanted, I, I mentioned Dylan Ellerby speaking at the Knoxville Quarterback Club about his young offensive linemen that are currently developing. And a lot of people have been asking about the development of the young offensive line. I wanted to pass his comments along. He said that I think the young crew is coming along really, really well. I really do. They're going to be all good football players. Would love to be able to get them some more experience as the season goes on. I think Addison's come a long way for sure. He's taken leaps and bounds from probably the beginning of the season. He's just learned how to practice, learned how to compete. Really excited for him. And I'm super excited whenever Brian Grant gets a chance to get on the field at tackle. From day one, he's come a real long ways. Physically, he's talented. And I also thought, as a true freshman, Vison Lang showed a lot of flashes. Masai Reddick got banged up real good sickness-wise. That's had an impact some, but he'll be okay. I think all of our young guys will be good. Just like to have our old guys as long as I can. And, and he was also kind of asked about the veteran offensive linemen uh, that, that can potentially return for next season. Mentioned that. Uh, I think almost all of them have that ability to return except for J.J. Crawford. We've got some time left before we get to that. So Glenn Ellerby at the Knoxville Quarterback Club seemed to be uh, upbeat uh, about his offensive line room and about the offensive line that we do not see every Saturday. And obviously he's not going to come out and say, yeah, I don't like where we're at. Uh but he, he also, I, I do think when coaches go into detail and and give more insight to their players, I, I do think they're being genuine because I think if if it was just coach speak, then I don't think he would have gone into detail with, with some of those players. I think he would have been like, okay, yeah, they're, they're, they're all coming along great, excited to, to see them play and hoping we can get some experience for them going forward. I, I don't think he goes into detail with players if if he didn't actually feel good about where they're at. And I, I do think Glenn Ellerby is a better developer than than people give him credit for. So I, I think he does deserve the benefit of the doubt. I was thinking while you was talking about um you know coach speak and you gotta have as part of it. And I was thinking about like all the coaches on the staff, and you know when they talk, whether it's 
quarterback club setting or press conference setting. Uh, and this is no slight on, on anyone at all. It's just my preference and how I feel. But, like, there's one coach on the staff that, like, when he's talking about players, like, I actually take it to the bank. That's Rodney Garner. Because Rodney going to tell you where players coming up short, where they're not, what what needs to happen, who's doing well. Like, like Rodney going to give it to you um, straight. And like I prefer listening to Rodney talk about um, you know, his group, any other, any other coach. And I understand the importance of propping up your players and speaking positive about your players in a public setting. Like, I totally understand that and, and get it. And that's exactly what we should be doing. But I was sitting there thinking like, man, well, this is, if this is Rodney, would he be saying everybody in the room is, is doing a good job and everybody is, 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 Kind of uh, equal, uh, but uh, good to hear uh, Glenn Ellaby. And uh, I don't know why anybody would be uh, recognizing the success he's had developing players. And he certainly did that um, so much that he attracted one of the best players in the portal and John Campbell Jr. and will only do the same moving forward. So uh, we talked about this on Tuesday. There's a need for everybody on the staff to step up their game on the recruiting front, including Glenn Ellaby. Everybody has to step it up because Texas, Oklahoma entering this league. Um, everybody got money with NIL. Uh, everybody got nice facilities. So what's going to be the difference? What's well, going to be the connection, the connection between recruiter and prospect? relationship between recruiter and prospect, whether you are um, the lead recruiter or whether you are the secondary recruiter and you are the the future or potential position coach for that particular player. It's going to come down to relationships. When all things are even, this, this, this school got a big fan base. This school got a lot of money. This school got a lot of tradition. This school got a big stadium. This school plays in the SEC. This school plays on TV. This school can get you to the league. Dude, we can name like 20 schools that fit that criteria. But what's going to separate you from the other school? It's going to come down to relationships. It's going to come down to distance. And some schools are going to lose that, and it's not their fault. But, like, relationships are going to be the, the separator. And so you got to get on the phones. You got to bang them phones. You got to show that personality. If you are a college coach in the SEC or one of those top programs outside the SEC, because recruiting has gotten harder, not easier. Gotten harder. You got recruits that want to talk to the coach every day. My gosh. Don't you got a girlfriend? Don't you, don't you got a girlfriend, man? Why you want to talk to the coach every day? Don't you got friends? Go hang out with your friends, man. Go to the movies or something. Why you want to sit there and talk to the coach all day, every day? Golly. I used to be like, man, give me a break. You're smothering me. 
Robert Meacham told the coaches after his official visit to Tennessee, don't call me for a whole month. He's like, listen, I know signing day is the first week of February, and I just finished up my official visit, and it's January. I'm coming, all right? Don't call me. You know what Meacham was doing? He was hanging out with his friends. He was hanging out with his friends. And maybe he had a girlfriend. That's what he was doing, hanging out with his girlfriend. Recruits, get some friends. Get a girlfriend. Stop going to talk to the coach all day. It's weird. All right. Text box. Baby Chevrolet, text box. Uh, Nelson from Jacks. where did you get that hoodie from, Swain? See? See? You got him. You, you need to mind your business, Jackson. Nelson Jackson. And I'll tell you, I got it from uh, Alumni Hall. This was last year I got it. It was around, um, it was basketball season. It was when Chris Lofton was honored by uh, Tennessee and his jersey were retired. And they did autograph signing at Alumni Hall. And I went there and I saw it. I was like, oh, my gosh. And uh, it was like a limited edition, kind of like a test thing. And um, from Nike. So I got it then. And I haven't seen it anywhere since. But that's where I got it from. Call them now. That's when they're going to get it. Chip Payne says, what's more valuable to this team, the transfer portal right now or high school recruiting? I would say high school recruiting. Uh, I, I think that's how you build your program. You, you, you can't. I don't believe that you can solely rely on recruiting the transfer portal. You, you have to have a, a solid foundation, a, a backbone, a spine to your program. You, you have to build it from the ground up, and, and, and that's through the high school ranks. I think first and foremost, you have to make sure that you are evaluating properly in the high school ranks. And then you have to do a great job of obviously getting them to campus, the recruitment itself. And then you have to develop those players once they do get to campus. I, I think you have to knock all three of those areas out of the ballpark. And then naturally, you're going to have guys leave early to the NFL. Uh, you're going to have transfers. You, you recruit so many guys that you're not going to hit on everybody. You, you're going to have misses. Uh, some positions are going to be stronger than others, depending on the year. So I think you have to to build the foundation of your program through the portal, Swain, and and then fill in, or I'm sorry, you have to build the foundation through the high school ranks, through high school players, and then fill in your holes as you prepare for that next season with the transfer portal. That that is something that that I've heard Josh Heupel talk about. I've heard Rick Barnes talk about it. I've heard. Uh, Tony Vitello talk about it. None of those three coaches who have all been pretty prominent in the portal and, and greatly benefited from the portal, all three of them, they they still don't believe that you can build your roster and, and the foundation of your program uh, through, the, through the portal. You have to build it through the high school ranks and then fill in the needs with the portal. Generally speaking, 1,000%. I agree with you. Let me let me let me ask you. Let me read Chip Payne's question again, and then ask you a question. What's more valuable to this team right now, the transfer portal or high school recruiting? I think in general, 
you're right, but more valuable to this team, this team, this program right now. Is your answer the same? Uh, is your answer the same? No, because I, I, I think you're still feeling some of the impact of what they took over from a roster construction standpoint. I, I think you're still dealing with that a, a little bit in terms of just how depleted the roster was from a talent and depth standpoint and the way that you can bang overcome up, that up, while you build your roster is through the portal. Yeah. So, like, standard practice is, yeah, man, you can't rely on the portal if you're building a program. If your program is built on high school players, four-year players, not two-year players and one-year players, the portal is to fill in gaps. But what Chip Payne's asking is more valuable to the team right now. And what's more valuable to the team right now with a lot of young dudes that you did a really good job of getting in last year's recruiting class. And you're going to miss on some guys that, that will be graduating and leaving. The same way last year we had some guys graduate, graduate and leave, we used the portal to fill in some holes. You're going to have to do the same thing uh, now, the recruiting class is pretty much spoken for. Not to sit here and say that we're not going to have decommitments, man. That happens. But, like, you look at where we are right now, we got 20 hard commitments. 20. These are all high school players. This is this done, Ben. It's done. You might get some, some change here and there, a couple. But, I mean, we got 20 high school Recruits are already done. Well, why 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 don't we have twenty one? Why don't we have more? Well, the reason why I think we don't have more is because we know we need to fill some holes. And there are some dudes that are not in the portal that we hope maybe get in the portal, and we hope a certain caliber of players in the portal at different positions, so that way we can fill in some holes. Because you got to get somebody from the portal a wide receiver. Is as excited I am about Mike Matthews coming in, five star talent. He's still going to be a freshman next year. So you look at what Florida State was able to do from the portal at wide receiver. That's what we got to do. Like we got to get a veteran baller from I think the portal. You got to get offensive linemen from the portal. Like we had a conversation Tuesday about the last two recruiting classes, offensive line. You know, no one's ready. Well, we got a freshman offensive line class that looks pretty dang good five dudes but out of these five guys who's physically ready like who is physically ready to play day one and you're still pursuing jordan seaton but who's physically ready day one i don't know but you go get an offensive lineman from the portal like a john campbell it's probably gonna be physically ready so to answer chip payne's question directly i think the answer ben would be portal but in general i think the answer lines up with your answer and that is you always value high school recruiting over the over the portal yeah i i think both are are very 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 important uh for for different reasons 
I, I think we both did a fine job of, of outlining those reasons. You, you can't have one or the other. I have both. Uh, I, I think. You got that if, both? You got that? <laughs> right. You got that, that both? That, that, yeah, that, that's where I was going. I mean, if, if you don't have the portal, then you're going to end up like Dabo and, and Clemson. Um, but if if you rely too much on the portal, then you run the risk of uh, the the culture not being good inside of your locker room because you're you're throwing a lot of players together and and it's like throwing paint on the wall and and hoping it dries in time before it drips down to the to the ground. Uh, and not only could you potentially have uh, locker room issues because nobody really knows each other. If if you just go grab a ton of guys from the portal and your foundation isn't solid, that's not going to re- lead to production on the football field. If mm-hmm. if things aren't, aren't well off the field, then then that's not going to lead to to winning on the field either. So you you can't be one or the other hardcore. You you have to have a nice mix of of both. And and I think generally speaking, you. You need to primarily knock it out of the park with your high school evaluations and development and then just fill in your holes as as you go um, because the, there are guys that play themselves into being draft picks over the course of the season that, that you don't expect, and now the portal allows you. Like Jalen Wright, I think we all knew that Jalen Wright was was probably going to be an NFL back. Right. When? Even even prior to fall camp, like over the okay. summer, we, okay. we knew that Jalen Wright was probably going to be an NFL back. Yeah. But you get into the season and there is no doubt in my mind that Jalen Wright is gone after this season. I would be very surprised if he's back. Do you feel like I'm wrong in saying that, Swain? I would be surprised. Like, I think he has played himself into a bona fide NFL draft pick. Yeah, I would be surprised, too. So, like, as the season progresses, like you have these guys that pop up that surprise you a little bit and have great seasons, which is good in, in the short term because it helps you with that particular season. But then you have to fill that need that you weren't necessarily expecting to do so prior to the year. And now you can do that with the portal. Like I think John Campbell Jr. is a great example of that. I thought he was probably a two-year player mm-hmm. when when he signed with Tennessee. And, you know, I, I, I do think there's a good case for him to come back to Tennessee, but he has played well enough to where it would also make sense for him to leave. And maybe you weren't expecting that over the summer. And now, although you weren't expecting it, you can go fill that hole in the portal coming up. Yeah, I think it, I think it depends on um, the offensive line class. Um, it depends on the tackles in this class and how, how good they are, where John Campbell lines up. Uh, I think that's a that's a big part of it, um, but the NIL is designed to take care of dudes like John Campbell. That deserves it. Like, all right, man, you get a grade that 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 you may not have expected, but you know you need the bread. You don't have to leave and have all that stress of, man, I gotta do my. My my ceiling is 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 fifth round, like man. Even though that's a lot of money, you can you can rest assured that because of your personality, because of how you play uh, this season, and because of how uh, Tennessee's NIL has been set up and is 
one of the best in the country. Like we can take care of a dude like John Campbell. That's that's what it was designed uh, designed for. All right, eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. The Betty Chevrolet uh, text box. Betty Chevrolet dot com. One point nine APR or two thousand dollar total cash allowance on their two thousand twenty three Chevy Silverado fifteen hundred. It's like sweet. This thing is sweet. Equinox is well there. BettyChevrolet.com. New pre-owned vehicles. Go to their website. Yeah, pre-owned SUVs and trucks starting as low as $19,995. That is BettyChevrolet.com. Morgan says, also, hold on. Do you know where we are on the scholarship reduction? I know we've already given up most of them, mostly from that first year, I think. But how many more do we have to go without uh, to meet the number set by the NCAA in the ruling against us? Man, I honestly forgot off the top of my head what the, the last ruling was. It's so small. Um, it's it's not going to like be a big a big deal. We'll have to look it up during during the break and come back. And give that answer off the top of my head. I am un uh, unsure. Um, it's it's not that significant. Morgan also says says appreciate and love everything you guys do. Keep at it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. D from the four two three says if when Campbell leaves, just go back to Miami and take Francis Malgoa. Is he balling? Is he good? Because sometimes yesterday's prices ain't today's prices. Sometimes, sometimes, and I'll take y'all back to, to, to high school. Sometimes you, you used to have a crush on somebody in high school. And you thought that was the finest thing ever. And then you grow up a little bit. You see him about 10 years later. And you're like, uh, what happened? <laughs> and they didn't give you time of day in high school. But now they want to holler at you. But they they not the same. They, they, they let themselves go a little bit. And you're like, no, I'm good. Never mind. I'm good. Yeah, you used to be fine. Not anymore. No, thank you. Sometimes that happens with recruits. Like, come out of high school, you're a five-star, you can't-miss prospect, and that prospect goes to their school, and they play a season or two. And because you were second, they like, hey, hey, Tennessee, we want to holler at you, man. I'm not happy here. We want to we want to know if you're interested. Tennessee's like, nah, you let yourself go. We we. We good. I'm not saying that's the case with Francis. Now go. I'm just saying like that happens. That happens. So every player that that we missed out on that was a highly rated player doesn't mean we want them after a year or two at college. Just keep that in mind. Clinton says I, I want the black outline back on the away jerseys. Yeah, I like those. Those all my always my favorite. That's that's how you can get away with wearing black cleats and the black um, gloves is when you have the black outline. You can get away with it better. 
Braun Hunter says a 6'6 white guy Duncan is the same as a 6'2 brother Duncan. Shout out to uh Dalton Connect, man. He got he got he got brothers like Ben proud. Do it, Dalton it, Connect. It, 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 it's good for the culture. We, we, we need we need more than just Grayson Allen, you know. We 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 need more. We 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 need more white brothers balling <laughs> on the basketball floor. Uh, Raleigh Vall says, "Can Thornton's emergence unlock a new downfield passing threat for our two big re- remaining games?" Uh, yeah, but he has to be really good with his hands and his feet, getting off press coverage. If I'm if I'm playing Dante Thornton, I'm I'm pressing him up if I have the personnel to do it and uh, seeing if he can if he can get off press and handle some uh, physicality. I think Dante has moved to the outside to avoid some of that physical play uh, on the inside. So I would I would put both hands on his chest and see how. He, how he handles that, but I do think he can be uh, a threat uh, on the outside, and I, I do want to say this. As well as Joe played last week, there's a thought that, man, this man, this Joe Milton right here, man, this, this the, the, the Joe Milton that was uh, thrown on the run, man, this, this Joe Milton, we haven't seen this Joe Milton. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Joe Milton was doing this early in the season, too. Joe, Joe, Joe Milton was, was thrown on a run during scramble. The difference is, A, pass the one getting caught. B, you didn't, you didn't have the same chemistry with your receivers. That's the difference. The difference is on Dante Thornton's catch versus Kentucky where what was that? What was that long? Like forty something yards? Probably longer, right. longer than that. No, I got. Man, I man, I got the number right here. I got it right here. Why don't you remember it off the top of your head, huh? It's a lot of stuff going on, man. A lot of stuff going on. Excuses. Uh, forty-seven. It's forty-seven yard game. The difference is number one. Dante caught it. Joe did the same thing versus Austin P when Dante Thornton had that catch on the sideline that he that he dropped. Um, Joe did it again versus Alabama when Dante dropped that ball uh, in the red zone. Joe has been looking downfield, making throws to to receivers. We just haven't caught it, or we just haven't been on the same page. So, like some guys, you tell. Hey man, if I'm rolling towards you, I want you to take it up. Or if you are running across the route and I'm rolling towards you, instead of being in my eyesight, the line of my line of eyesight, I want you to take it back to the middle. Because it's wide open there in the middle. And you normally ain't supposed to make that throw, but this is Joe Milton talking about. This is Bazooka's Joe. Joe, he can make that throw. And that's what you saw on Saturday. Joe's able to make that throw, and then boom, Dante got busy because those dudes are on the same page. Like, you have to be on the same page to have success in a passing game situation. It ain't just one or the other. It has to be both. So those guys, like I thought would happen, 
talked, watched film. They've practiced since the beginning of the season more, and we saw the, the fruits of that labor that they put in earlier in the season from practice. So they're on, they're on the same page more now. Remember when Joe Milton was a, a first-year player here? and He was throwing to receivers that he didn't really have a lot of chemistry with. And the balls were hitting the ground. Some of them were too long. Some of them, the receivers didn't run through the catch. But when Joe came back in, in 22, he was hitting Holiday on the run, dig routes, on the money. Holiday would take it the distance. Like, he was hitting dudes. The reason why he was hitting dudes more was because he was on the second team as well as those receivers he was throwing to. So they had more chemistry. They had more time to work together. That's why you saw Joe throw the ball better in 22. But that's what it takes, guys. It takes having that that time together. That's all. But Swain, he, he missed somebody wide open over the middle of the field. Man. Whew. 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 Terrell says, Ben definitely didn't see my tweet about that same thought. White dudes been going in. <laughs> yeah, Don't Connect. Be the fun the culture is revamped Man, they, thanks to Don't Connect. Yeah. And, and and I mean, you know, Rick Barnes over there. We got Kate Phillips now, J.P. Estrella. <laughs> they, ain't got no, you know, they ain't got no hops like uh, Connect. They're not Kate Phillips does. They, I ain't seen it in the game yet. Well, he ain't playing yet. Okay. Yeah, I saw him play. He, Go go go! Check out hold, hold his on. high school tape. I don't care about his high school tape. Everybody doing that in high school. You supposed to dunk on people in high school. You going up against five foot seven dudes in high school. You supposed to dunk in high U- school. Uroch probably wasn't. He probably, he probably was. Most sometimes I don't know. Listen, that ain't the point. The point is, sir, that when Kay Phillips does it in the game, then he could be a part of the Dog Connect white man dunk on your face club okay but he's not he's not there yet uh, the i play i saw seen, he was getting he got a shot blocked in the paint because he's up i haven't ring. i haven't seen Cade phillips dunk on somebody but last week in practice i did see him show off the hops on a nice putback dunk off of an offensive rebound that was real nice okay i can't wait to see it in the game Nelson says we looking. Gonzaga. JP can can yam on somebody at some point. I think Nelson said we looking like Gonzaga out there. That's <laughs> I'm, right. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. <laughs> Give me that diversity. I'm all yeah, about. We, we, I'm all about diversity. Some some international players. Man, some, yeah. some, some, some brothers. Some yeah. Bring, some white folk. Bring it I mean, all. Bring it all. I want. I want black, white. You can't speak in the lick of English. I don't care. Can you put that ball in the hoop? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Lefties, righties, tallies, shorties, out of whatever. Bring me the diversity. I I am for it. <laughs> Bring me some more white, more black, light brown, dark brown. I do not care. Just put on that orange. And win. Exactly. Exactly. 865-255-03. Uh, is our telephone number. Uh, this time of year is always one of the best times of the year, right? You got Thanksgiving coming up. We got Christmas coming up. You get a chance to, to be with your family. Um, understand that the meeting 
of of Christmas, understand the meaning of Thanksgiving, be thankful for all the blessings that you uh, have received, uh, get a chance to reflect. A lot of people going through adversity um, right now, but it's still hopeful that this is just a storm that you're gonna that's gonna pass and um, you're gonna be better for it on the other side. There's veterans uh, out out here. It's really tough this time of the year. You know, they give their, their lives for for our country, and um, they have mental health issues and issues finding work, and um, you know, it's lonely. This time of year is always is always tough. Man, gets and this is this little stretch right here. This last week, I ain't gonna lie, man, it's been pissing me off. Ben, it's getting dark at seven o'clock, and then the sun's not coming up to like seven thirty. If we're gonna make it dark early, I need the sun to come up early too. It's weird, and that's gonna change here in a couple of days. But like, uh, you're not gonna get the same amount of sun, and depression is real during this time. Uh, of the year, which is why I'm telling you about Mind Body uh, Wellness. MindBodyKnoxville.com is the website. You go there and you'll see uh, that Mind Body Wellness is a mental health care uh, option for you that they can design uh, a plan to help your uh, mental wellness. You go to the website, it's really easy to schedule a mental wellness assessment. So if you've been feeling helpless, you're feeling things out of control know that mind body wellness they have mental health treatment in an outpatient setting and get you back feeling the way you should feel um, not everyone has mental health issues but it is a real thing and want to make sure that we uh, let you know that there is some some options for you so you that way you could be the best version of yourself for, for you and your family. Riley Vall says, what do you think about your team's new head coach, Jim Harbaugh? We fired we fire our coach yet? Did, did we fire Eberflus? Did that happen? Huh? We didn't. I know the Raiders fired their coach. Did we fire Eberflus? Because, because, I mean that that guys that needs to happen. I'm sorry, I don't you know I don't, I don't feel comfortable calling for coaches to get fired. But if you the Bears, you got Harbaugh wanting to get to the league, and he's got to play quarterback for you. And you have had two assistant coaches either get fired or have to leave for off the field reasons. And Eberflus has hired these dudes. It's clear he is not ready to be a head coach. He need to move on. I can't look it up right now and talk and host a show. But you got me excited on the text box. I, I thought, Riley Vall, that we have an opening or something. Uh, ben? Swain? Closing remarks on, on the other side of the break. 865-255-03. It's Ben McKee, Golf Balls 247. I'm Jason Swain. Hit the text box, the Betty Chevrolet text box. When we come back, 
Do not go anywhere. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit MindBodyKnoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. It is so good to be here with Charlie Pratt with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. And Charlie, you have a passion for helping and working with East Tennesseans. Why is that? Man, I was born and raised here in Knoxville. Uh, My family's owned a business here since the 1920s. I played football at Central High School and Maryville College. I'm just really proud to work in East Tennessee. What are you the most proud of? We do a really good job of meeting people where they're at on their financial journey. I've got clients uh, that are just now starting out. I've got clients that are in the middle of saving and doing a great job job and I've got clients who have worked really hard their whole lives and it's time for them to enjoy their retirement. It's my job to make sure their money lasts as long as they do in retirement and they're able to leave a legacy for their family. So with that being said, what are the next steps? Let's sit down and take a look at your financial plan. Give me a call, 865-919-6468. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near Low T Center or you just want the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy shipping your treatments directly to you with the peace of mind of monitored treatment. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. I know missing the show live is a bummer, but don't fret. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Awesome! I just saw, man, the video clip from Saturday when Tennessee was running out on the football field and you had some Kentucky players that was waiting. They was waiting. Big Orange Mac shared it. You got Ray Davis. Tell him about the boom, 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 Ray. Ray Davis was sitting there at the goal line. He had Barry on Brown, other, a couple other Kentucky Wildcats. Barry on Brown was like, bring it on. Man, I love this. Oh, look, little shoulder bump. You know Spragans climbing up the chimney. <laughs> he always ready for that smoke. Yeah, Kentucky staffers pointing Tennessee to, to go that way. 
Oh, man. After the game. Oh, man. Dude, I love college football. I love college football. I noticed that when it happened, and I still can't believe that a fight did not break out. I mean, Javante Spragans. You see him after the game? Went all out of his way to get on the Kentucky sideline before the game. And, yes, I did see him after the game plant the flag like three different times. Well, he didn't. Here's the thing. He didn't plant it on on, on middle logo, middle of the logo, uh, 50-yard yeah. line. So he was yeah. somewhat respectful. But he still planted it, though. Correct, he did. But the worst thing you could do is plant it at the fifty-yard line. Like that—that's—that is. Yeah, it, for sure. It's a and, fight. And look, happen if you do that, I don't—I don't blame Tennessee's players at all for taking a victory lap. I, I also don't blame the fans at all for taking a victory lap because Kentucky fans are the worst. They are the worst fan base in the SEC. No, I had. The worst? Yeah. No. The, yes, they one thousand. In my opinion, they are. Okay. I I hear Tennessee fans talk to more funky in Lexington than anywhere else. And obviously, everybody has their own personal experience, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's somebody who could call in right now and say, "No, this happened to me at Georgia. This happened to me at Florida. This happened to me at Alabama. So on and so forth." But my personal experience, I have not heard Tennessee fans talk to as disrespectfully as they have been spoken to anywhere else than Kentucky. Kentucky is the worst. I even had a buddy text me late Saturday night afterwards, or maybe it was on Sunday, in our group chat and say that Kentucky fans were talking to him funky all night long, and it was the worst that he has ever experienced as an opposing fan on the road. So they they my, the point is that they they love to run their mouth. Kentucky fans love to run their mouth and and be on their high horse because they have some basketball program that uh, hasn't done much lately. Uh, and their media members who are fans lo- love to pop off at the mouth on on social media and, and get disrespectful at times. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that Mark Stoops is, has done anything crazy, but, but I know he likes to talk behind the scenes. And Lord knows Vince Morrow loves to talk and has run his mouth plenty about Tennessee. You have several Tennessee players on that team that Tennessee didn't necessarily go all out in terms of recruiting. You look at Barry on Brown and how he was acting during the game, and, and I, I think you can put two and two together why, why he felt some type of way. I don't blame Tennessee. Everybody associated with Tennessee, fans, players, coaches, taking a victory lap after Saturday. Because Kentucky fans, their head's a little too big. Yeah, this this is um this is weird. So this video has like it's like mashed up. It's it's it has um players coming back on the field, whether it's the first half or the second half. Uh, first half. The first half. Okay. So and then it has Javantes at the at the end of the game. Cause you can tell like all the media members are on the field and the stands is not is not filled. So when you when you see this video, you have to understand there's two different moments. But like, here's my thing. Why you got your player standing where the visiting team is going to run out? 
asking for trouble. Like you, you asking for it. The visiting team comes out of that corner of the end zone. They've been doing that ever since you built this stadium or renovated the stadium or whatever. You know what <laughs> side they come out on. Support staff, like nobody was like, hey, that's 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 not good. That's not that's not that's not the best place for us to go. So you got your players literally in the way when we're entering the game field. Okay. So you're asking for it, man. Cooks. When we run through the T, our players we come out the north end zone. Our players will run to the opposite end zone, and they will they'll pray. They'll get on the knee. They'll pray, and they do it to their corner of the end zone, on their side of the field. They don't go to the opposite corner where the band is. They go to the other corner to stay out of the way of the visiting team when they are entering the game field and going to their sideline. So you think you're not slick, Kentucky players. And I put this on the staff, too. You're not slick. One day, something's going to happen. Yes. One one day, something's going to happen. And it's going to be y'all's fault, Kentucky coaches and staff members. It's going to be y'all's fault because this could have been prevented. Sorry, didn't didn't mean to cut you off there. But uh, as I said earlier, I I saw it happening pregame because it it was again when they were running out of the locker room before the game, and I think everybody in the stadium is is watching for the most part the the teams run out. Now I know you don't have a great view because you're down there on the field, and and it can be hard to see different things at, at times. Mm-hmm. But was sitting there waiting for Tennessee to come out, and saw all these Kentucky players waiting on Tennessee and. Here comes Javante Spragans. He, 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 he already toes the line pregame. Like, if you watch him running out of the tunnel, like, he always kind of seeks out the other team and, and, and gets gets about as close as he can get to the line w- without completely stepping over the line. He, he may have a pinky toe over the line, but he, he doesn't allow his whole foot to get over the line. He ran all up through that Kentucky sideline w- when Kentucky's players were sitting there waiting on Tennessee's players to to run out of the locker room. And I am stunned that a fight did not break out. Quite honestly, I, I was sitting there waiting on it, on it to to break out. But also one of those other players who were sitting down there in the corner with, with Ray Davis and, and Bayron Brown and, and others was uh, that Kentucky offensive lineman 50, the right guard who kept doing stupid stuff at Georgia. Remember he had like the elbow or, yeah, yeah. or whatever for the, the personal foul. Yeah. No surprise that he was down there as well. I'm going to go to the phones, and then we'll wrap up today's show. But, like, I didn't even see this part. I was – this was the only game where, you know, I had to change out a court with my mic. Um, and so I had, I had to get that done. So I didn't even – I was in a tunnel. I wasn't even on the field to even see this happen. So I came out of the tunnel during – the game, like the third play. So I had to go back on my phone and ask somebody what happened on the first and second play. Service there was so terrible, but like, I didn't even see this. Kentucky. 
And I know it's Thursday. You're probably getting ready to play. Who are we going to play this week? In Tennessee, about to play UConn in our homecoming game. And for us, we can talk about it because we're playing UConn for our homecoming game. But, like, I didn't even know this happened. Kentucky. This makes this L y'all took even worse. It makes it worse. Because you stood you stood by the tunnel as if you really wanted to smoke. Like you was ready. Like you was ready to throw some hands. Like you was you was ready to go. Like you just couldn't wait for the kickoff to happen because you was gonna give us that work. He scores zero points in the first quarter. He played with no sense of urgency to start the game. He wouldn't bring in the lumber. Jalen Wright runs for 50 yards and touchdown. Damn near untouched. You didn't blow Tennessee off the ball any in the first quarter. Not like normally you see the running game show up where, oh man, this team is blowing up the team off the, t- uh, off the ball because they're fired up. You can't be doing all that stuff pregame and come out and play the way you play. Soft. You can't do that. I didn't even see all that. Makes Nobody the, talks more. Makes the L even worse. It really it does, does less. It makes it worse. Every single year than Kentucky. It makes it worse. I can't, I can't, I just saw it. I can't believe that. I'm going to the phone. I can't believe that. Good morning. Morning, family. What's up, man? What's up, Vol Nation? Oh, man, I'm just listening to y'all, man. I, I saw that video last night. I was, I, the game would have started right there. I would have said, don't, don't avoid nobody. Just truck them. Truck them and go to the sideline and let them get experience what they experience in the game right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was just ridiculous. I'm like, what are they doing? Well, I've, I've never even seen that where the visiting team or a team, period, you know, is standing you know, right in front of where the, the, the team is supposed to come out at. It don't make no sense. It's like you daring us to do something. You know what I'm saying? And I'm that dude, I'm just going to run over you. I ain't avoiding nobody. You're just going to get trucked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the mentality. But, you know, so that, that that was a little frustrating. But, hey, it's a great day to be a volunteer in the state of South Carolina, man. It, it, it's so great. I mean, uh, to see... Uh, a two and six USC program and Beamer and whoa 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 they South they South Carolina are you okay South Carolina fighting chickens they not USC Vol Nation USC Junior then how about that there you go there's one USC that team is in California in Los Angeles they not USC right right. But man, they 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 they're they're in uh, dire straits around here, man. I'm telling you, you know, they 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 can't talk, they can't say nothing. Every now and then they put a a shot out there, you know. And I just look at them, and say, "What's your record again?" You know, and you know, then you got U.S. I mean, Clemson, and you know, I've been waiting for this for a minute. I told them after they lost to LSU that they were going to be on a downward spiral. I said because I, I see things changing. They didn't believe me. You know, now they're in a they in at four and four and you get the Tyler 
from Spartanburg's calling in. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, but it's it's gone viral. Who, I'm who hasn't you. seen it? <laughs> There's a few people I've talked to. Like, who is that? I'm like, oh, are you a Clemson fan? You you don't know who Tyler from Spartanburg is? And so, uh, yeah, man, it's been crazy. So it's it's so interesting here listening to the fans and the it, watching the implosion of the program, and uh, and them really having no answers, nothing to say. Everybody got speculations of what needs to be done and all. Uh, but it's just it's just fun to watch because uh, they you know I call in and they don't have anything to say to me because they've lost. You know, we got a better record. We, we're just better than they are right now. You know. And uh, it's 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 just a wonderful, wonderful time to be a a, a volunteer in uh, South Carolina, man. It's, it's great. Lastly, man, I'm holding on to my nine and three prediction uh, from the beginning of the season. I figured somewhere between ten and two, eight and four at the late at the lowest, but I chose nine and three. Uh, I'm I'm holding on to that, and we still have an outside shot because. You've talked about it. Not many people have talked about it. They've given Joe a hard time, and, and yeah, rightfully so. But it's like he's settling down, and he's seeing things now, and he's getting to building chemistry. We have an idea and understanding the necessity of running the football. That's who we are. And then sprinkling in some pass with some opportunities and things that he's taken off and running and feeling more comfortable and seeing that he can run uh, as defenses seem to be you know, a little bit in disarray other than the ones that are like holding our defensive ends or something like that, you know. Uh, <laughs> but defenses are able to really line up and play smash my football with us. We can run the football on just about anybody. I can't wait to, for us to be able to run it on uh, on uh, Georgia because I, I like to see that. But I don't really see a team other than Georgia that could prevent us from going to the SEC championship as long as we get some help because if Missouri does their job or Ole Miss does their job and beats Georgia and we went out, wouldn't it be great to see us in the SEC championship in Atlanta in the last year of this format? That would be an incredible sight to be there and have a shot at possibly at with two losses still going to the playoffs. Because, uh, once again, look at Ohio State and Oregon and all that, you know, eh, they're all right. All of them are beatable. But Dylan Sampson is a beast. Squirrel White is doing good things. And our D-line is special. And seeing the turnaround in Knox Vegas, seeing the turnaround uh, of our program, and taking that step forward, getting some more players in next year, uh, and then seeing hopefully Ia Maliava taking a step forward, putting a, you know maybe about 15 pounds on and, and be ready to do some things. This is a great time to be a volunteer fan. Man. I'm so excited about the season, excited about the future, and um, I can't wait to see how these last four games ends across college football. And if we can put our foot down and do do our job, take one game at a time, and 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 go out here and, and win these last four games, we can end up in Atlanta. Man. What y'all think about that? Oh, Vol Nation, man, a lot gotta happen. <laughs> a lot gotta happen, Vol Nation. I hear that and hype. Thanks, thanks yeah, man. I, I hear it. I can't play it. Uh, I can't play it anymore. But 
Bad boy, Fall Nation, man. You got to have Georgia lose to either Ole Miss or Missouri, and then we got to beat them for us to get to Atlanta. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that Tennessee you know, can't win the rest of their games, but uh, it's not going to be easy, and it's going to be difficult, and you'll need some help from another team to get to Atlanta while handling business versus Georgia. And uh, I don't think all the criticism, Joe, has been um, – I know well, they should say rightfully so. And uh, I don't I don't think it has all been rightfully at all. Uh, I think he has deserved criticism, but not all that he has gotten. So, Dylan um, Sampson is fun to watch. Our running backs are, are fun to watch. Um, I appreciate how our guys continue to, to, to work and get better. I think it speaks to, to, the, to the culture. And um, it's going to be another another challenge this week for a different reason. And then it will be a different challenge next week. So you have these weekly challenges, and they, they're the same challenge to win the game, but they how you get there may have a different route. We have to run the ball. We have to pass the ball. We have to play strong special teams. We have to play defense. Uh, we're stopping a run, but other teams having success passing, you gotta find a way to win. Like this is different chapters. Feels like each week of this 2023 season, and I enjoy it, man. I I, I really enjoy it. So uh, Tuesday we'll be talking about a win. You know, hopefully about it. We'll be talking about a win, and um, I do hope we're talking about all of the young players and and what they're able to do out there versus versus UConn. It is homecoming. Shout out to all the the, the grads and. UT alumni and um, special special week for for you. Hope you are safe in your travels to and from Knoxville. And um, Ben McKee, man, we'll be back on on Tuesday doing this thing uh, again. And I'm I'm fired up to be back doing it uh, again with you. So I, I do want to uh, share some. Some good information for you homeowners uh, out here about what Hiller has uh, going on. Uh, it's a huge, huge month, Hiller. Y'all know the weather's changing. Don't need to tell you that for you to know that. Um, but right now, Hiller's having their biggest sale ever on select HVAC systems. You can get up to $2,600 off a new system until November 15th. I'll say that again, up to $2,600 off a new system until November the 15th. It's one of the biggest discounts they've had in years. Go to the website, happyhiller.com. Hiller's work is backed by the happy you'll be or service is free guarantee. Again, happyhiller.com. Ben McKee, GovOffs247, always doing a great job. Always bringing it here on uh, the program. Make sure y'all follow Ben's uh, work. And um, Tuesday, man, I'll see you here. But I'll see you Saturday uh, at the show. I hope you're ready for that trip to Missouri next week. Uh, I am not going to Missouri, but I hope you're ready for that trip to Missouri. I I am. I'm going to Wisconsin 
the night before to to cover yeah. some some Tennessee basketball. How about that? How about so, that? but I, I I'll still be covering it. I just won't be in Como. I, I'll let you deal with the coldness. So busy time of year, busy weekend for me. Tennessee football on Saturday, uh, Tennessee baseball in Nashville on Sunday, with an exhibition against Sanford. That'll be a ton of fun, and then come back on Monday and uh, Tennessee basketball season opener against Tennessee Tech. So. Three days, three games, and excited to talk about it on Tuesday morning with you, my friend. We'll do it. We'll do it. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace and much love. We are out.